All right. Welcome to episode 20 of the Take One Security Podcast. Going to get right to the news. So uh, first thing I want to talk about is this new technology that evidently can bridge what's happening on your TV to what's happening on your computer. I want to read this real briefly. Ads using high-frequency sound to communicate across devices. The ultrasonic pitches are embedded into TV commercials or are played when a user encounters an ad displayed in a computer browser. While the sound can't be heard by the human ear, nearby tablets and smartphones can detect it. When they do, browser cookies can now pair a single user to multiple devices and keep track of what TV commercial the person sees, how long the person watches the ads, and whether the person acts on the ads by doing a web search or by buying a product. That is some spooky shit. Um, one question I have about it, though, is how much it seems like this would rely on microphone, right? Like how, how is this um, the receiver? So the browser, how is the browser having access to the microphone in this case? Seems a little bit strange, but very interesting and uh, frightening. Uh, Conficker found in police body cameras. Um, and if you need a reminder, Conficker is basically like a Windows brute force tool. So basically police body cameras being shipped with, uh, with malware. That's awesome. Siri iOS data extraction. So some researchers released that you could ask Siri some things and, uh, and they would, uh, it would respond back with certain information, which is definitely not good. Uh, what, one thing I thought was interesting about it is an idea I thought about a while back, which was to, you have someone who's on TV, right? And, uh, they're broadcasting live at CNN or whatever. So you got whatever Brooke Baldwin sitting there in Times Square and she's reporting and everyone's tuning in because maybe it's whatever terrorism related or Christmas or whatever it is. And, uh, you run up behind her. You have you have a, a Siri command that you can run, right? Or a, or an Android command, a Google Now command. And uh, you run up behind her and you say right into the microphone. You're like, go to so-and-so website or power off or whatever. And everyone who has Hey Siri turned on or some similar app, Everyone who hears that, or maybe you launch three commands for different platforms. Everyone who hears that, the action is taken on the phone. So millions of people, you know, navigate to a website or, you know, upload a picture or whatever it is, whatever the flaw is. I, I think it's a really interesting idea of using a public broadcast to touch lots of different receivers. Um, the eye of Siri. Okay, so this is an um, essay I just wrote, um, I guess, a few days ago. The idea is that, um, so I've been talking about this whole universal demonization thing and this whole, uh, even more importantly, I mean, the universal demonization thing activates when you're dealing with a high-quality personal assistant on your device, right? So Siri, Google Now, Cortana, those sorts of things. So using Siri here, the idea is that we're going to have 
not just uh, commands that we can give Siri, but also visuals. So imagine that we put on our bodies, especially behind us, on our sides, um, and even in front of us. So it'll be some sort of miniature cameras that are facing 360 degrees around our bodies. Now, Siri can watch those cameras constantly. And Siri can listen to the microphone constantly. Really, really crazy stuff you could do with this. So let me just pull this up real quick. Eye of Siri. See if it comes up, hopefully. Right. So here's the idea. So monitor all moving objects around you, especially cars and such. Just see if they're moving at a velocity and trajectory that might put you in danger. So she's like, car behind you, coming fast. She's listening to the conversations around you and letting you know if there's anything interesting. Remember, you have a little earbud where Siri talks to you. She's telling you everything. She's like, hey, you need to leave right now if you want to get to that appointment. That kind of stuff already happened. But how about, hey, that conversation over there in the corner, you can't hear it, but I can. And um, they're actually talking about a startup related to security, actually related to your company. You should go talk to them. Now, all sorts of implications here, like Siri, are you really listening to everyone's conversation? That's super rude. You should stop doing that. So maybe there's a privacy setting where you could tell her not to be annoying, and not to be eavesdropping on everyone. Um, but a lot of people will just keep that turned on because here's another crazy one. And feel free to hate me for even thinking about this, but like, Let's say someone's five tables over and they're like, yep. And then we take the dynamite and then we put the TNT and then we take the thing and then we're out by the time they get there. And then we blow it up and the whole city block's blown up. But they're speaking in Irish or Arabic or um, Valley Girl. They're speaking in Valley Girl and you don't understand that shit. But Siri does, right? So you hear, she hears that. And she's like, hey, just, just to let you know, the people on the fourth table over, a uh, 70% chance they're actually planning an attack. Um, do you want me to send that to the local FBI office with a screenshot? Now, if that scares the shit out of you, um, that just means you're human because it scares the shit out of me too. Remember, I'm not describing things that should happen. I'm describing things that are going to happen. Um, all right, so... Listen to the tone of voice. Oh, so check this out. So you're talking to someone. They're like, yeah. And then the polar bear attacked me. And that's why I didn't get to work on time. She'll listen for tone of voice of people you are talking to and run it through like a thousand different filters. It'll probably be an upload to like voice total. Like, right. So there's an 82% chance that he's lying to you. His voice is showing massive stress and the facts he gave don't check out. Um, she, she's like, yeah, I just checked the video for that intersection. There wasn't a polar bear there, uh, which we probably already knew. But um, listen for problems you're facing and do the research to solve them. So you're in a conversation at a coffee shop about doing a security startup, and he's throwing out numbers. And Siri's like, hey, sorry to interrupt. Just for your information, the average VC funding for a security startup over the last 36 months is 1.9 million. So she could just like interject really valuable stuff based on smart searches. So um, you're deep in conversation, you got your headphones in, you're just walking down the street in some city you've never been in. 
And uh, Siri's like, hey, someone's been following behind you for two blocks with a hoodie and an agitated gait. They might be getting ready to snatch and grab like your wallet or, or your girl's purse or something. Um, so she's literally looking behind you, eyes behind your head, looking for shady stuff. Hey, pickpocket just took someone else's stuff. They're getting close to you. They're probably, you need to put your wallet in your front pocket, which you should have it there anyway. So this is the idea is that Siri is monitoring on your behalf all around you visually. Um, the other one I did a long time ago was to mention that she could actually tell you if there are cameras in the area or potential microphones in the area, or if she thinks that people are recording the same way she is in the area so maybe you should not talk about what you're talking about. Um, or maybe you walk into your, your house and your girlfriend's like getting undressed or something. And she's changing into her uh, pajamas or whatever. And Siri's like, hey, uh, don't forget the camera that's currently facing the living room where she is, is actually broadcasting and it's family shared. So um, the following 47 people could be watching right now. And that's just played in your ear or over the intercom or whatever. So um, the idea is AI. Ultimately, AI is looking out for us. Uh, and if that doesn't sound frightening, then you need more coffee. All right. Um, expect to see concealed carry increase in the United States. So we have this shooting in California. And uh, a lot of people are predicting crazy gun control. I'm definitely agreeing with that. There will be some some gun control stuff on big weapons, and the debate will continue. But I am predicting that we're about to see concealed carry requests shoot up from regular citizens. So the more these shootings happen, which they will continue, Basically, the population, the citizens are going to say to their representatives, local, state, and federal, I refuse to go outside and be unprotected. I, I cannot sit in a coffee shop and just hope someone doesn't come and shoot me and my family. I need to be able to defend myself. And I, I'm going to apply the, the modern um, filter to the Second Amendment and say that it is my right to be armed in, in the face of threats, right? And that doesn't mean you get, you know, an AT, um, an anti-tank weapon, right? That it doesn't mean you get an, uh, a miniature nuke, but I think a handgun with a, with a magazine size that's, you know, I guess logical, is going to be something that people demand, and I, I think they're going to get it. I think it doesn't mean I'll get it in San Francisco. Uh, probably definitely not. Probably take stuff away from me. But but um, I think a lot of jurisdictions around the country are going to open up quite wide. And it might require a decent standard of scrutiny, right? They might say, look, you got to take this class and this test and all this stuff, which is fine. Um, I think that's smart. But... Um, I think a lot more people are about to have concealed carry because uh, people are going to demand it. Um, Starwood hotels hit with um, point of sale malware. That's not good, but not uncommon. 
Um, how to deploy Splunk AD monitoring in 437 easy steps. Um, yeah, so I just did this like yesterday or the day before um, this blog post. So I'll go through the steps real quick. Um, step one, consult two priests, preferably an old one and a young one. Install 47 plugins on the Splunk indexer. Don't do 46. It won't work. Um, by the way, those won't do anything. Just install them. Install 19 more plugins on the domain controller. These also won't do anything. Um, install the universal forwarder on the domain controller. Um, confusingly, it's not universal and it doesn't forward anything. Yeah, so that, that's a mix-up with the title there. Um, edit some files in Notepad on the domain controller. Add random text snippets you found from searching 113 articles online from people near suicide at this stage in the process. Paste some of that stuff into the files. Restart the forwarder daemon seven more times. Find five prepubescent Peruvian chickens. Kill them and place their bodies in the shape of a pentagram. Spend 2.6 more hours in the Splunk forums learning how much people hate the Splunk add-on process. Expand your cursing vocabulary by 68%. Step 9, table flip. Step 10, install snare and forward the events via syslog. Um, I then go on to say that it turns out it was actually the chickens. On step 6, there's more than five different species of Peruvian chicken. And I used the wrong kind. Um, also, the priests were orthodox. Never, ever use orthodox priests to install AD for Splunk. Um, and at the bottom, sort of more seriously, Splunk needs to have a single installer for sending and a single installer for receiving Active Directory events. Uh, right now, I'm facing the direction of the headquarters in San Francisco and making gestures like the French guy in Holy Grail. That actually happened. All right, um, PCs are being shipped with man-in-the-middle certs in them. Um, this is a big deal because if someone gets – this is something I don't think enough people realize, especially not in the security industry, is if someone has a cert in your root certs, um, they can man-in-the-middle your traffic and you won't know. Your browser will not know. So controlling that root store inside of your browser is essential. And if malware gets uh, admin rights, their sufficient rights, and puts certs in there and takes you to various places and you're not getting a pop-up, that's, uh, that's some spooky stuff. And now people are actually shipping PCs with those certs in there. Um, so I was talking to uh, a buddy about this um, on Twitter, it was, uh, Jeremiah Grossman, I think, and we're like, you know, how easy is it to scan this stuff? Why don't we just scan the, the store and determine what's legit and what's not? Um, I guess you could blacklist that. That's fine. But we all know how well blacklisting works for malware, right? So the problem is you start adding self-signed certs for internal for your org. The scanner doesn't recognize that those are legit and starts flagging them. Well, those are false positives. Now you stop using the program. So you're back in antivirus uh, purgatory. So that's that's an issue. Um, let's see. 
uh, Java deserialization flaws. Um, this was a big deal uh, for some libraries in Java, uh, deserialization issues causing some major vulnerabilities. And evidently, there are some additional libraries that are vulnerable to the same issue. France is looking at banning Tor and blocking public Wi-Fi. Um, pretty sure this is as a response to the Paris attacks. Um, I think this sort of stuff, uh, as you might expect, is a really bad idea. It's reactionary. It's, uh, it's emotional. And I don't think it's likely to stop people. Um, it, it's too easy to bypass these controls. I, I think we need to look more at the, uh, at the mental health side. And I, I imagine there's some type of control for certain things. I mean, I'm okay with shutting down, you know, child porn sites, for example. It's fine because it's actual crime. It's not a tool being used to commit a crime. That's the difference. Um, and I think that's, that's where they're going wrong. Um, BlackBerry leaves Pakistan rather than provide a backdoor into their technology. Congrats to them. Um, is BlackBerry still around? Didn't, didn't realize that. Um, EFF launches bug disclosure program for Let's Encrypt and HTTPS everywhere. So everyone's kind of getting in on this uh, bug stuff. Um, not sure why they didn't just do something with like bug crowd. Um, I, get, I guess certain things lend themselves well to internal ones um, and others are better to do external. And uh, Flash is really on the way out. So Adobe is actually kind of saying, hey, you should stop using Flash. We're switching over to this HTML5 framework. Um, I don't install the the uh, the player anymore, and when I have to, I get really really angry, and then I uninstall it again. Um, so yeah, Flash is dead. Uh, very happy about that. Um, oh, one little other piece about that. Nothing makes me feel more secure than seeing on a web page plugin could not load, because it means some sort of rich, dangerous dumb functionality was not able to execute. Um, concepts. So closing out the news, heading into a final concept for you guys. Um, so I've had a personal GitHub for a while. It's just on my GitHub slash personal. And I've been adding some stuff lately to it. I, I've had um, a bucket list in there for a while, which I highly recommend. This whole concept of a personal GitHub is, is incredible because... The idea of GitHub is you can track changes over time and you actually put commit comments that are pertinent to like, oh, I learned a lesson, therefore I changed the step, right? And it goes back to my other concept, which we'll probably talk about next week, which is this whole idea of like um, focused learning. Um, it's actually, I called it algorithmic learning, where you have a methodology for doing something in your life, whether that's exercise or meditation, whatever it is, or, or scanning web apps, right? Finding vulnerabilities in web apps. And then when you learn something, rather than just trust yourself to soak it in by osmosis, you instead, you, you say, um, I had a previous methodology for doing this, but now that I saw this awesome talk, I'm going to change my method for doing it. Not in an amorphous sort of way, I'm going to actually change the steps in GitHub 
for how I conduct a certain thing, right? And that means you've actually learned something because the idea here is that learning is an integration problem, not a learning problem. We don't have a problem with receiving information and hearing it. We have a problem with using that information to change our lives or to change our behavior in the future, right? So that's the problem. So this personal GitHub is basically tracking the things that I truly care about. So um, right now I have uh, this uh, a daily routine in there. So daily routine, I wake up, um, I do uh, 10 minutes of meditation. I do uh, 500 meters on my rower. I do one set of push-ups. Um, I'm going to add some stuff in there for food as well. But um, I have a daily routine, and it includes exercise. It includes diet. Um, it includes all these different things. And here's the cool part. When you're reading stories from all over the web about, oh, you should get this much sleep. You should take a nap. You should do this. You should do that. You either believe that content is worth changing your behavior or you don't. And if you do, don't just close the tab and not think about it again. If you think it's worth changing your behavior, update your GitHub, change the step in your daily process and say, you know, change this step because of this article by this doctor or this meta study or whatever it was. And now when you look at your GitHub history, you can see an evolution of one, your routine and two, how you got the inputs for that routine. You know, why you changed your mind. I, I changed my mind on this because of Tim Ferriss. I changed my mind on this because of Jason Powell. Um, had a conversation with him. He said this worked. So that's why I swapped these steps. Um, plus you have a, your uh, bucket list in there which I think is a horrible name. I'd, I'm going to change it to a, a less cliche name, but I've got things in there like travel to all seven continents, um, you know, get published in this level of publication or whatever. And I got a lot of things checked off, which is easy to do inside of Markdown. So it's cool. Um, bottom line, I recommend you guys consider setting up a personal GitHub Track things in there that you care about. Another one is um, like a an oh shit bag, like a, your bag for carrying your stuff and getting out of town. You know, if there's an earthquake or whatever, the cliche zombies attack or whatever. Um, but what does your bag have in it? What is the bag actually, you know, where'd you get it? All those things. Um, how much water you're storing. All this stuff could be right there in GitHub. And um, you can make adjustments to it as, you know, you receive input. So whatever projects are important to you, put them in GitHub, track the changes, use good commit comments. You can see the evolution of it over time. Highly recommended. And that is it for episode 20. I will see you next time.